Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Man, it's Father's Day. Come on. Um, just real quick, and I'm not trying to, to be a downer, um, but I'm going to ask you to do me a favor this morning. Um, so yesterday, a lot of you guys know, uh, we did the memorial service in Wilmington, Hampstead, um, for Tyler Rackley, um, who, who passed away suddenly. Um, we want to remember his family this morning. Um, I actually just got the courage up to text his dad. Because um, while the memorial was yesterday, today's Father's Day. Um, I have one son, and I cannot imagine the loss that's there. And so... Um, now, remember to pray for them, but also remember to pray for every dad who doesn't have a son today who's, who's lost them, but also every son that doesn't have a father, or every daughter that doesn't have a father. Um, I tell people all the time, if you don't have a dad, adopt one. Great thing about adoptions, you can trade them in. Uh, I tell people, I feel bad for my parents. They were stuck with the son they got, right? Like, here I am, for better or worse. Because here's the thing, you can get rid of your wife, you're stuck with your kids. Come on, man. You picked your wife. Divorce court will make her go away. And nobody's going to amen that, but it's true. But you know what? Here's the thing. Your kid is yours not until they're 18. Your kid is your kid until you die. Every man in here should have amen that. You know, I can't wait till they're 18 and grown and on their own. That does, that's a lie from hell. They're, you're never on your own. You always need somebody blowing wind in your sail, pushing you beyond what you think is possible. Does this make any sense to you? Like, like you need more than what you... That's why God put fathers in our life. And um, so, uh, you know, fatherhood is never... It is not what you expected. First of all, moms, you get the good holiday. Mother's Day is celebrated totally different than Father's Day. Can I get a witness from all the dads in here? I love, I love putting moms on the spot on Father's Day when they walk in. I'm like, so what are y'all doing today? I'm going home and making lunch. Well, what's different about last Sunday? Because if you're going home and making it, it better be something he likes. I never will forget, for my birthday, every year people ask me what I wanted to do. And this is, I, I used to eat really bad. And I'm not saying I, I don't now, but... Um, uh, they used to come up to me and they go, hey, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I'm like, well, let's go to Zach's. Okay, great. We'll take you to the village. <laughs> but look, we want to do something better than Zach's for you. Okay, well, do me a favor next time. Don't ask me what I wanted. Because if it's my day, give me what I want. Because men are simple. We want our kids to give us a little accolade. Want a little good food? And all the men of God said, Amen. There you go. That's a good thing. After that, we can just go be with Jesus. We're all right with it. Whatever happens after those three things is the way that it goes. But here's, here's what happened as is, is I began to... So I just messed some of y'all up with that. No, we're simplistic. We want three things. We want our kids to be like, Dad, you're the man. We want some really good food. It may not be healthy. Matter of fact, it's probably not going to be. 
And then we want other gifts. And then we can just go take a nap. We're happy. But what happens is this. Um, I think for guys, um, I never dreamed about my wedding. I never had two G.I. Joes, and we played Lady Jane and G.I. Joe Get Married. Matter of fact, I had three older sisters. My G.I. Joes used to hotwire the Barbie car and steal it. And we had police chases, you know, with my G.I. Joe helicopter in, in chase, right? Because they, they caught them. Um, never dreamed about having kids at all. Was never a thing. Never, never was like, I never, uh, can I be honest, I was a dude who did not want to get married. No man is willing to go get on board with me. I did not, like, it was, I was just like, man, I'm better single. Because I'm single, I can pivot, I can do what I want to do. I don't have to keep up with anybody but myself. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I have a hard enough time, like, finding my socks in the morning. Like, like I don't need another person dependent on me. But then what happens one day is, Lord willing, you meet this amazing lady. And you start to think and dream a little different. Um, so I wanted a Mustang when I got married. I was saving for it. And so I had to, you know, because when you're 19 years old, you got to put money down. You know what you don't have at 19? Money. So I had started squirreling just a little bit of money back. But instead of buying a Mustang, I bought an engagement ring because the dream changed. No, don't, don't all, because now every time I look at it, like, you know you're wearing my Mustang, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it's right there. Like, now, here's the thing. The ROI on the marriage is way ahead of the ROI on a Mustang, because if Dan, I did buy a Mustang, and I got rid of it. So anyway, you don't have to bring that part of the story. It, my wife went peanut gallery on me. She's like, you bought a Mustang. I did. I bought a convertible Mustang. I had it for a little while and got rid of it. It's okay. I, I, but it, it, when I sat in it for the first... Anyway, that's a different story. Uh, the sound, the feel, the... Speed. Um, so, which is the reason I got rid of it. Um, so, here's the thing though. Then my wife and I um, went from engagement to marriage, and I sat back and I really had a dream about what kind of husband I wanted to be. Because I think anytime you go into something and you don't really know what you're trying to be, you're never going to be it. Like, like, if you can't define it, and this is the problem, I think, and I'm going to lean into this later this year. I've actually got a bunch planned for our men. But all of our life for men, we were told to be a man, but nobody ever defined it. We were given moments of definition. If you're crying, rub some dirt in it, be a man. One, that's not healthy. Two, what? So if I don't cry, I'm a man. Is that, is that really the definition? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, like we were asked to go to a standard that nobody ever taught us what the standard was. So we're going to lean into that. That's not for today. Part of that is having a dream. You got to know what you you got to know what you're trying to do before you can do it. Anybody ever build something at their house and their wife's like, "So what are you making?" And you like, it's in your head. You just never put it on paper. So I'm the dude who goes to the lumber store and buys copious amounts of wood because I don't actually want to make a plan, and then I just take back what's what's extra. Okay, I'm the only one. Thank you for making me feel bad about my life. So, so then we got married and I said, man, what kind of husband do I want to be? And I got a dream for it. Still, kids were never on my 
on my radar. I thought, look, man, it, it can be me and my wife, and we can just do what we want to do, and we don't have any extra bills, and we don't have to pay for anybody else, and we don't have to keep up with them, and we can go to bed at, at midnight if we want to. Remember those days? Now at 7 o'clock, I'm plotting for bed. I'm like, hey, at 9 o'clock, babe, I'm just letting you know it's... The other night, we had a wild and crazy night. We went to bed at 10. You know when it started? When I had a kid. Because the dream for a kid happened for us this way, not do we, you know, I've always dreamed of having a kid. No, our dream was the doctor walked into a room and said, hey, if you ever want to have kids, you may want to have it now. I think God, he healed all that. And, but we said, we, we left the doctor's office. I can remember it. We went, do we want to have a kid? And I started thinking about it. I was like, man, that'd be cool. Because if it was a boy, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach you how to hunt. Eight years old, my son shot his first deer. Hugo, I can't believe you take a kid shooting a gun at a deer at eight years old. I'm like, no, he was shooting a gun at six. He just wasn't good enough to hit a deer until he was eight. My kid, I raise the way I want to. It's my vision, right? So I had this vision of what it would be like to raise a son. But then I had this really scary vision that what if God gave me a daughter? No, no, no. I love women. My mom was a woman. My grandma was a woman. All three of my sisters were women. I married a woman. It's great, great track record with them, right? But if I had a daughter, sooner or later, somebody's going to want to go out with her. Now, before Jesus, I, I wasn't with Jesus. The first thing God ever taught me to do was how to repent for my sins. So I figure if I kill you, but then tell God I'm sorry and you're and it's over my daughter, he'll understand. All the dad said, Amen. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'll just sit on the front porch and wait on the police. Like, I'm not even that afraid, right? So, like, so so then I was like, man, what if the dream is not what I thought the dream would be? And if you're a woman, please don't be offended. I love, I love women. I do. Like, like, I think you are a precious gift from God. I don't know how I would raise a girl though. It scares me. Like, even talking about it right now, if you could touch my palms, they're sweaty. Like, it, that's how nervous it makes me. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you raise her to be a Proverbs 31 woman? And, and how do you deal with, with her going out? How do you deal with giving her away? At, at my, Which I wouldn't give her away. I, I would be like, I present her, but I ain't giving her to you. Because if you screw up, I'll take her back. <laughs> and I'll return you to the good Lord that created you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like it, look, you said till death to us part. I'm part of that covenant. Right, so I'm just saying those are the way that I think. So what happens? But what happens when the dream isn't what you thought the dream was going to be? Matter of fact, I want to take a quick look at scripture, and then then we want to do something. Scripture says this in Genesis chapter 37. It said, "Now Joseph had a dream." Funny thing about dreams: dreams always happen before you can actually see. Dr. King in his famous I Have a Dream speech said this. He said, I have a dream where men are judged by the content of their character rather than by the color of their skin. Now, here's the thing. When Dr. King has his dream, our world is in chaos. There's, there is a, civ a second civil war, in essence, going on over equality. People are being sprayed with fire hoses. People are having dogs turn loose on them for protest and I mean, I, our, our schools were not in it. Like, all kinds of crazies. And some of you guys were alive in that, right? Like, like 
Like the world was not the world we know it now. You had to have a dream for it. And I know you guys do, cannot even fathom what it's like to grow up in a crazy world. But the question is, is do you have a dream? Like, do you really have a dream for your life? Like, like, like when it comes to being a husband, do you have a dream or have you lost your dream? When it comes to being a dad, like, like as circumstances begin to choke out the dream that God really gave you. So here's the thing. We're going to give you just a little bit of encouragement before we dive into the message. Are you okay with that? And we're going to ruin a song for you all at the same time. Here we go. This is to all the dads. Come on. I love it. Here's the thing, though. Thank you, guys. Can we give them one more round of applause? That's all. I like. So a lot of people don't know this. Felicia, uh, they came from another church. Um, and her and it was fairly traditional church. Like I'm not picking on anything or anybody, but it was a very, you know what I mean? And her first service here, or, or first couple of services here, uh, 38 special, hold on loosely. Um, I come in and I'm like, man, I really want, uh, to do 38 special as a roll into my message. So I start singing it, which I'm not going to do for all of your all's benefit. That's my gift to you is not singing it. And um, Felicia's in the back and she's like, and I'm like, hey, since you're the only one, and Liz can play anything like her and the team, JC, um, Liz, TJ, Brandon, um, Macy and all them, they can sing and play anything. So like literally I threw this song at them like last week and said, hey, can you do this? And they're like, yeah, no problem. So my point is, is she was the only one who knew the lyrics. So I'm like, hey, you know, your journey onto the worship team looks like this. I need you to stand on stage and sing 38 special as your first time on stage. See, she had a lot easier than Caleb did. Uh, Caleb crushed it today, did he not? Yeah. Man, we're, pr we're proud of folks as they, as they launch out and do stuff. Sometimes you got to do stuff afraid, right? Like... Like, your first time doing things, you're always like, and you're so critical. But anyway, you crushed it. Um, Caleb and I were texting uh, as service went on, and I was just like, dude, you killed it. Anyway, um, so, so what happens is, is we all get this vision of what we think things should be. And for me, like, like having a vision for my family, like, like before I got married, I thought marriage was one way. You know, in your vision, you never vision stomach flu. You're not really married to both of you have had the stomach flu. Because you don't really know somebody until then. 
you know, I never thought when I saw the vision that we would bury one of our parents. It wasn't part of the vision. Never thought about hospital stays. I'm going to take it a step further, man. I, I, I never thought it was going to be this hard. Scripture says this. We're going to jump back just for a second. Now, Joseph had a dream. Now, now Joseph, this is the same Joseph that had a coat of many colors. Because unless if you're an only child, you don't understand the value of which kid's the favorite. How many of y'all come from a multi-sibling background? Okay. Does your family, keep your hands up just for a second. Does your parents, if your parents do not have a favorite child, put your hand down. Yeah, my family has a favorite child. It's my sister that attends church here. We call her the golden child. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If my parents gave away a coat of many colors, she would have it. Now, here's the thing. I don't blame them. Like, because I know the rest of the siblings, including myself. Like, I'm, I'm in that, I'm like, she's a, you, you're picking right. That's probably a, you know. I tell people my sister's nicer than I am. She's, all this stuff, she should have been the pastor. I should, anyway. But, um, but anyway, it says this. Now, when Joseph had a dream, that same Joseph who, who was his dad's favorite, and Scripture says this, if you read the beginning of this, it said that basically when Joseph got his coat, his brothers hated him. Because here's the thing. Either kids are either celebrating the fact that they're not the favorite child, or they're envious that they're not the favorite child. And here's what happens. It said, now, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his dream to his brother, they hated him even more. Now, on the surface, I'm like, man, that's kind of rough. But then I got to thinking about as a dad, as a dad, as a husband, have you ever tried really hard, but you feel like everybody in the family hates you? Like, man, I tried to lead my wife well, but all it did was just make her mad. And then I tried, this is the reason I didn't want a daughter, but then I tried to raise my daughter well, and I said something about what kind of shorts she's wearing, and now she hates me. You're just trying to ruin my life. Any kid ever told their parent that? Yeah, because here's what I did. I put a roof over your head, electricity and water in the building. I put clothes on your back. I put blankets on you. I took you to the doctor when you were sick. I stayed up with you when you were throwing up. Yet my job is to ruin your life. I've proved that to you. But as dads sometimes, here's what we feel like. We feel like God gave us a dream, but the people around us resent us. Because we're trying to follow the dream. Now here's what happens, one of two things. Either men move out onto, onto an island of isolation because of the dream that they have. And here's what I know about that place. They call it the lone wolf syndrome. That because dads feel misunderstood and they feel like it's them against the world, they move to a place of isolationism. Here's the problem. A lone wolf always dies sick and alone. Men were not created to be alone. We're made to lead a pack well. Okay? Now here's the thing. The problem is, first guy moves out on his own. I'm going to do it by myself. I don't need anybody. Y'all don't get me. And then, the, I mean, that's just wait on the devil. I mean, he's coming. Or they abort the dream. You know, when I got married, I thought my relationship with my wife would look like this. 
Can I, can I pause for a second? Ladies, I, don't, I think sometimes we forget how hard it is to be a man. It's hard to juggle all the stuff that God asks us to juggle when most of us never had a good frame reference for how to juggle it. And then people get mad when we drop the ball when inside we're screaming nobody taught us. So what happens is you get this dream and because things don't go the way you want to, you start downgrading the dream. Does this make sense? You, you, start, you start going, well, you know, I really want to be this kind of husband, but every time I do, my wife reacts this way, so maybe I need to change the dream down. You know what? I, I, I want to be this kind of dad, but every time I be this kind of dad, my kid reacts this way, so maybe I need to downgrade the dream. Now, I'm not talking about not adapting. I think as men, um, my team will tell you, I've got, a, I've got a rule, if you don't read, you can't lead. You better always be growing. You better. I think that, that being a pastor is a craft, but I think being a dad is a craft. I'd love to tell you I'm good at it. I'm not. I just get. I tell people all the time, you want to get good at anything? Get your reps in. They say that the average preacher has to preach 10,000 messages before he finds a voice of his own. That's about three to five years worth of preaching, right? So here's the thing. People don't do the 52 because preachers don't just preach once a month. I mean, once a week. Even if you're at a traditional church, it's about three times a reality. We're probably preaching about ten times a week in some form or fashion. Does that make sense? So here's the thing. It takes all, you just got to get reps in. And, and it's kind of like we were talking before service. You're going to screw a bunch of stuff up. And I tell you, when you first start out like preaching, you start out and you're like, you're stuck to your notes and you're just trying not to miss anything. Then you get cocky. And then you get on stage one time and you're, tongue gets about this fat and you're trying to talk about or like, I did this last service or you changed somebody's name I changed Joseph's name to David in the middle of my last message I got people that don't know Jesus going who are we talking about did this guy like is this like Abraham to or Abram to Abraham is this like Peter to you know what I'm saying like 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 what are you doing man so here's the thing it's not about being perfect being a husband being a dad is not about being perfect it's about reps about showing up because here's the thing you can't be a dad and not be present now listen if you went through a divorce and you only have partial custody or every now and then show up when you can but i'm gonna say this your car still works you and your child i'm gonna make a guarantee have a phone nothing is stopping you from making a text stop it nothing's calling you for stopping you from setting up a date now, if it's a guy, don't call it a date. That's just weird, especially as they get older, right? But here's the thing. We, we, as, we as dads have to be intentional about the calling and the dream that we have because what happens is anytime it changes, we, we have to hold the dream. Joseph said this. Now, he had a dream, and when he told his dream to his brothers, they hated him even more. It goes on and it says this. And he said to him, hear this dream that I've dreamed. You better be real careful about who you share your dream with and how you share your dream and when you share your dream. My wife is not a night person at all. She's mildly frightening at night. She wakes up from a nap like a bear. Like my son and I play rock, paper, scissors to see who has to wake her up to tell her to go. Like it's bad, right? Like she's sweet the rest of the time, but at night it's like, like literally, we'll wake her up like this. Hey, babe. 
Okay, so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So so scripture's right, and he said, Hey, you need to hear this this dream that I have, but be careful when and who you share your dream with. It says this, Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheave rose and stood upright. Behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Verse 8, His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and... For his words. And here's the reality. I think that men, a lot of times, especially as we get older, lose our dream. I think that one of the things that I'll, I want to share with every man that's here is don't stop believing. Don't stop believing in the dream. You need to have a vision and a dream for what your marriage looks like. Well, pastor, every time I do, every time I try to do something, she does this. Listen, you are not responsible for what your wife does. You are not her daddy. Her behavior is not up to you. All the women said, well, I don't, I'm not my wife's daddy. I did not take her to raise. I came to be a part of her life and her to be a part of mine. Now, I'm going to lead our family. Don't, don't, don't mishear that. But here's the thing. Do you know the difference between leadership and dictatorship? Is one of them you're not a tater, right? Right, here's the thing. Leadership is getting people to go where, where, they, where they don't want to go willingly. Leadership, leadership is talking a bunch of people into running into a burning building because there are people in there to be saved. You, natural instinct is not to run into a burning building. But we train firefighters to do it all the time. Police officers, you know, natural instinct is not to run towards gunfire. It's to run away from it. But because we, we, we have a dream that buildings don't burn and that people don't perish, we run towards things that are unnatural. So when you're a really good father, when you're a really good husband, you, you get people to do sometimes things that are against what they naturally want to do. But it's not because you're being a jerk and I'm the man. It's because you convince them that where you're going is favor and there's blessing and there's... Does this make sense? So many men go, I'm trying to be this, but my wife won't let me. And what they're doing is they're basing their dream on other people's reactions. If you've got a dream for what your marriage is supposed to look like, man, walk it out. I had a guy one time I was working with him and he's like, man, I, I said, man, what's your, what's your vision for your dream? He said, man, I just want my wife and I to be like super connected. Okay. What do you think it would take for that? Well, man, we'd have to go out. Okay, great. What else would you have to do? Well, you know, I, you know, I want to be able to laugh with her. Okay. Well, how would you laugh with your wife? Well, we'd be funny together. Okay. Well, what? And so I had to make this whole list of things. I said, okay, great. Now, now you know what you're trying to accomplish. How are you going to do it? You can't come home for an hour when the kids are in bath time and have that. All the mama said. Hey Amen. You got to be present. You got to be engaged. You got to be committed. You got to be. Because sometimes you're going to come home, you're going to be in a funny mood, and she's not. But do you still keep the dream? Sometimes you're going to want to connect a relationship, but she's going to be disconnected. Do you still have the dream? 
uh, I walked this guy through it, and after he had the dream, he came in, and he goes, man, I, I did what you said. I, I did what you said. I tried to connect with my wife. And she came home, and I had made dinner, and I did blah, 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 blah. And he said, man, she, just, she was there, but she wasn't there. Okay. What are you doing tomorrow? He's like, no, man, you don't understand this. She, she checked out on me. I mean, are you leading or following? Do you have the dream or does she have to have the dream? So he came home the next night and he drew her a bath. Now here's the key. If you're going to draw your wife a bath, you can't have an end game. Because can I be honest with you? Now this is free. I refuse to be another thing that she has to take care of. All the married women right now. You know what I'm talking about? I never will forget one time. Uh, my wife's having a horrible day. Made a nice dinner. Candlelight. We got ready. Got near the end of the meal. I went and drew her a bath. I went and bought a, a bunch of those dollar store tea candles all over the bathroom. We got a garden tub, put it around there. She came. She got in the bathtub. I, I, I put a Victoria's Secret box on the table. And I saw on her face, crap, something else I got to do. Any man been here? More importantly, any women being here? She opened it up when she got out of the bathtub, and it was a robe. Not a sexy robe. Like one of them big, thick, like hug your mama and Jesus at the same time robe. And she's like, well, what, what do you want to do? And I gave her a little back rub, and I said, okay, now I'm going to go do the dishes. No, this ain't a booty call. I'm just blessing you. Because I have a vision for what I want this to look like. Now here's the thing. You do that a couple of times, she'll be hitting you up. Because you've, do you see how a dream of what it could be like? What if, what if we loved unconditionally? What if, we, what if we pressed towards what we really got married to be? I mean, I got, I got married to be with a friend. I got married to, right, I got married for all these reasons. I mean, intimacy's part of it, but it's not the culmination of it. Does this make sense? Because at some point you're going to be old and in a rest home, and shy of medical intervention, intimacy's not going to be possible. Am I telling you like something you don't know? Because y'all look like, some of y'all are like, I can't believe you said this from stage. No, I'm preparing you for the dream. Because the dream sometimes is not what, you don't have the full vision of it. When, when Joseph tells this to his, his brothers, they're like, so we're going we're gonna to fall down and worship you? Like, like we're going to be slave to you? Like, like what are you, we can still take you, little man. Well, here's what happens. They get so jealous of their brother, they sell him into slavery. Well, first they throw him in a pit. See, you, you've never lived until your dream got thrown in, in a hole. Joseph is in the hole and they're talking about killing him. And one brother wants to kill him. One brother gets a great idea. Well, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. Uh, yeah, I think my sisters would have sold me at a few points. Like, hung, hung, Yeah, I'm just saying. So he gets sold. And, and so he's got to think the dream is over. And, and so he sold into slavery. So he went from being his dad's favorite son to now he's a slave. And then over time, he works himself up to being like, like pretty high up as a servant in the castle. And then what happens is some chick starts hitting on him. I mean, it just happens to be the, the, the leader's wife. 
And Scripture says that basically he resists her over and over and over again until one day they're caught pretty much alone. And she's a cougar. You see, here's the thing. If you're going to have your dream, every guy has to face temptation. Not only do you have to face temptation, you have to overcome temptation. Now here's the thing. If you've fallen in your temptation, take the test again. See, so many men give up on their dreams because they fail the tests. Joseph has grabbed hold tube of this girl and literally he leaves his tunic, he leaves half his clothes laying in her room to get away from her. Well, then she tells everybody she's raped. So now he's on the, he's, he's on the, like the predator list, right? He's like, he's like, people are Googling his name and seeing it there, right? So his life has got to be over. And he gets thrown in jail. He gets thrown in jail and these other two dudes are there and, and they come to him. They keep having these dreams and they come to him and he's like, let me interpret your dream. It's like one of those gifts I have. And he looks at the first guy and goes, look, man, here's the thing. You're, you're going to get out of here in two days and be back in front of the king. But the only thing I ask is when you get in front of the king, will you remember me? I mean, dude, if you get me out of jail, I'm going to remember you. You ever have friends that tell you they'll remember you but when the police show up, they're hiding in the bushes? They're at home eating Cheetos and Doritos, you know what I'm talking about? And you're in handcuffs? It was that moment. The dude gets out of prison and, and doesn't say anything about him. The other dude that comes to him, this is bad. The other dude comes to him and says, well, here's my dream. He's like, dude, you're going to die in two days. <laughs> I've got a gift. Time passes and the king has a dream. Joseph's still in jail. Here's what you've got to understand, men, is dreams aren't instant. They're progressive. Dreams have to get worked on. They're like an old car or a gym membership. You have to be consistent with them. If you're going to make it work, you, you just got to get up every day. And, work. and here's the thing. If it breaks today, you got tomorrow to work on it. You're not being a husband, being a dad, being being the things that God called us to be as men is not easy. Men were built for hard things. But you have to be consistent. What men do is we decide we want to change. Now everybody else needs to change too. My family will tell you, when I get ready to go, I get up. We'll, be, we'll all be eating. Tracy take her last bite. Brown take his last bite. I'll stand up. And they're like, well, I guess we're done. When I'm done with the conversation, people will tell you, like, if we're in a meeting and I think it's come to an end and people are still talking, I'll just get up. I'm like, well, y'all got the rest of this. I don't need, like, I just, I'm on to the next thing. No, I'm not rude. I'm just, maybe I am. In my mind, I'm not rude. Does this make sense? Dreams take consistency to work on. So what happens is the, the king has this dream and he calls, he calls David up there, or Joseph up there and he says, hey man, um, you know, uh, I've got this dream. And he said, hey man, here's what it means that there's going to be like seven years of really good time and then there's going to be seven years of really bad time. And if during the seven years of good, if we'll set like a fifth of our crop back during that seven years of bad, we'll have more than enough and uh, it'll actually push our nation to be in the forefront. And he said, well, dude, you're the guy for the job. So now here's the thing. Joseph gets married. He, ma he marries an, an Egyptian lady. And, and, and man, he's just, he's killing it, man. He's like second in charge of the kingdom. And all of a sudden, those brothers showed up. Now, if I'm in David's position, because my sisters and I fought horribly. When we fought, we didn't fight a lot, but when we fought, we fought good. Like the, I, there were stories of coat hangers under doors and feet. I'm just saying. Because um, my th I, 
I got mad at one of my sisters. I punched her. I took off running because I was faster than she was. And I locked and I put myself up against the door. Any, any siblings? We used to pick the doors and they shoved their way in. While I was big enough, I knew I could hold it. So I had a sister jiggle the door handle so she knew I was against it. Take the coat hanger, get it my foot, rip my foot open. Pick the lock. I'm laying in the floor bleeding and crying. And then it's over. Look, I could take a beating. I'm just telling you right now. Right. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't even know what that had to do with anything. But I may have just, oh, yeah, I do. So here's what happened. So, so the brothers show up. Now, if I'm second in charge, I'm killing them. I'm going to accuse them of being a witch. We're burning them at the stake. It's going to be like the Salem witch trials just a few thousand years. Like, like I'm, I'm like, punish them. Because I've been, listen, I've been in a pit. I've been in prison. I've been, accu- I'm, I'm, I've been accused of raping somebody. Like, like, my list goes on and on. You know what? You're going to pay for this. See, the problem is we want to make people pay for things when our dreams don't work out the way we think they should. Scripture says what Joseph did was this, that he sent him away, and I'm I'm kind of fast forward to the story, and he brings the whole family back so that he can bless them, and he actually ends up putting them up in the palace and taking care of them. Because when you don't give up on your dream, you'll see your dream come to pass. Here's the thing. Husbands, dads, future husbands, future dads, do you really have a vision for your marriage and for your family? Now, I think it has to pivot. I have a dream that my son's going to grow up and get married and have grandkids. That may not be his dream. Well, what happens if he grows up and he gets married and then he gets divorced? I've got to pivot with the dream. What happens if I had a dream of raising like this perfect kid, but what I got was something totally different? Can I pivot with the dream but still keep the heart of the dream? See, here's what happened. When Joseph had his dream at the beginning of this story, he saw himself being the man. At the end of the story, what Joseph said was, I can save my family. Here's the thing, men. You were created this Father's Day to not stop believing in the dream that God gave you for your family, for your wife, for your kids. It may not have all gone the way you wanted it to but you can't stop believing in it. God's will is to give you that thing that you have in your heart. So if you haven't taken time, man, my prayer, and we'll stay here all day if you need us to, you need to have a God vision for your marriage. What's it going to look like? Write it down. Write it down because if not, you can't remember the six things your wife told you to get at the grocery store. Come on. My wife sent me in the grocery store for three things. I come out with 23 things. Ain't none of them the three things I went in for. Hey, but pork rinds were on sale two for one. I'm just like, you know what I mean? So here's the reality. I have to write down, what do I want my marriage to look like? And then I need to revisit it like once a week, once a month, and see where I'm at on it. Because a heart that's not focused is a heart that wonders. Life has a way of overriding your visions and your dreams. What do I, how do I need to raise my kid? Because I'm going to tell you this. The vision you have to raise your 5-year-old is not the vision you need to raise your 24-year-old. You've got to make sure that you've got God's vision, and then once you get the vision and you've written it down, go after it. Hey, I want to have a connected relationship with my spouse. Well, connect. Shut the TV off. 
hey, I want to hang out my son and I. A couple times a week, we'll go out on the back porch. I turn the fans on because every mosquito in Alamance County loves to bite me. So I've got a ginormous fan. I sit in front of it. And we talk about women, and we talk about Jesus, and we talk about boats, and we talk about fish, and we talk about deer, and we talk about Jesus a little bit more, and women a little bit more, and then we talk about random nonsense, and then sometimes we watch. Part of my vision is I'm going to be connected to my son. The only way I can do it is press pause. And if you call me during that time, I am not answering your call. I look, Amen me now, but when you call me and get mad at me, I'm still not going to answer my call. No, I don't mean that bad. I wasn't always this way. I used to be married to the church more than I was married to my family. And for that, I apologize to my family. But I'm at this place now where I'm like, look, the church is going to be the church. I love you. I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to be there at your wedding and your funeral. But I'm going to skip some moments in between. And I'm going to send some other people to talk to you. I'm not the only person in this church who can talk to Jesus. Now, somebody better get in agreement with that. TJ, when you pray, does Jesus hear you? When you pray, Jay, how about you? JC, Liz, Pastor Tracy. Okay, I'm just saying. Are you feeling me? I'm not the only one that can preach. I sure as heck ain't the one you want singing. My point is this, is because I know what I'm trying to do, I know what not to do. Knowing your yes helps you define and obviously see your no. The problem is, man, we get married and we lose a little dream. We have a kid and we lose a little dream. We make some mistakes and we lose a little dream. Before you know it, we're miserable because we don't have a dream. Is this making any sense to you? Today my prayer is this. Men, get a dream. Then sit down and share it with your spouse. If, if it makes her mad, she'll be, you're never responsible for somebody's reaction only to do the right thing. Man, I'm going to tell you how it is. You know, this is where I'm going. Hey, babe, I'm going to love you hard. I'm going to love you consistently. I'm going to get on your nerves. But here's what you go. This is going to be consistent. Anybody ever remember Pepe Le Pew? You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all never saw Bugs Bunny. He, he, was, this, he was this skunk. That went after this cat that got white paint, and he thought she. And he, no matter wherever you go, I will love you. I will love you. Right? He's just. Hey, I plan on pursuing you like Pepe Le Pew. You know what? You know what kind of dad I'm gonna be? I'm gonna be a dad that loves his kid. My kid doesn't have to love what I love. I'm gonna love what my kid loves. I'm gonna do what my kid does. I don't have to like it. I was with a parent the other day. Their kid was all into K-pop. I was like. Okay. Here's the thing, though. If my son was, I'd be like, hey, show me five things that you like. Hey, why do you like this? I don't understand the words. But you know what? I remember my parents looking at me, going, why are you listening to Metallica? I can't understand anything they say. Is it really? Like, are you feeling me? I'm not promoting Metallica. I'm at all. At all. Dads, you gotta have a vision, you gotta have a dream. And I want my kids to I want my kids to love Jesus. Grow them into it. And they're not gonna get there by accident. Man, I want my family to I want my family to fall in love with Jesus. Man, it's not gonna happen by accident. It's gonna happen because you have a dream and you pursue it. You receive this today.
ladies, as we get ready to pray, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your hand on your, your husband's shoulder or thigh or whatever. I just want you to get ready to pray for him. Father, right now we pray for every man that's here. Father, I pray that you give them strength, that you give them courage, God, that you give them the wisdom that it takes to lead a family well. God, they're not perfect, but God, they love you. God, I ask that you give them the wisdom and the courage that it takes to lead their family. God, to be a good husband, to be a good dad. Father, will you lead them, will you guide them, will you direct them? God, if they don't have a vision, will you give them a vision? God, maybe they came from a bad dad or they came from a screwed up past or maybe they were orphaned. I don't know, God. But will you be their father and show them the way today? In Jesus' name. Every head still bowed and every eye still closed. If you're here, you're watching online and you're like, hey, pastor, I'm here, but man, I don't even know Jesus. I need the love that only my heavenly father can give me. Today, he's, he's crying out to adopt you. And the way we adopt is by giving our lives to Him. So if you're here and you're like, today is the day that I want Jesus to adopt me. I want to give my life solely over to the Father that created me. Will you just slip your hand up? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Can we just pray together across this building? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. Today I receive your adoption. And I'm a son or daughter of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.